welcome to another edition of the Training Led Growth Podcast. I have a uh, super interesting guest today, a, what I'd consider kind of a customer onboarding, customer education expert extraordinaire, Donna Weber. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to run through just kind of your, some of your background and some of the things you've done because I think your experience and approach I want to dig into, but all the way back, boy, it looks like you started all the way with Netscape back in <laughs> California, which is incredible, by the way. Wasn't that Mark Andreessen? Wasn't it? Oh, exactly. Now Andreessen Horowitz. Exactly. Yeah. You quickly got into training, instructional design. You got into management. Looks like Franklin Templeton, Siebel Systems, still doing support soft. And then you kind of got into the management leadership, started becoming director of customer education, director of training services, Sugar CRM, then spent uh, quite a bit of time at Tibco, big Bay Area company that we all remember. And then now kind of running your own business, a springboard solutions where you help companies design customer onboarding programs and customer training? Well, I started Springboard Solutions in 2016, so four and a half years ago. I saw that we needed to really bring those customer-facing teams together, like customer education, support, professional services, customer success together to provide a seamless journey for customers. Those teams generally operate in silos and tend to be more tactical. And what I saw with this new world of customer success was that we really needed to work together in a proactive way to guide customers to success. So I saw that there was a need there and I started my own business and I um, built out the orchestrated onboarding framework, which is what I use today to help companies create customers for life in a scalable way. From when you started to get into this customer education from where you started to where it is now, what have you seen like the big swings been? Well, I've been a longtime member of the Customer Education Management Association, SEDMA. And you can go to sedma.org to learn more. And that's where you and I met, Joe. So that, that's, a, that's an organization very focused on helping high-tech companies get their customers enabled through customer education. And what I started learning probably about 10 years ago was that, you know, customer education teams were very focused on metrics like the quote, butts and seats, you know, how many yep. people took the class, how many classes did we deliver, how many class days or class hours, what were eval scores, and as a person developing and delivering content and then uh, managing those um, customer education teams, those were the kind of metrics that... I was focused on. What happened was at, when I was at Sugar CRM, my team and I were let go mm. when you know things slowed down there because you know what? I wasn't demonstrating to the executives and to the company the greater impact we we're having. Mm. And around that time, I started learning from Sedma, like we, we, it's imperative that we customer education professionals sh share the impact we have on the greater organization. And that means things like retention rates, renewal rates, customer satisfaction, revenue, recurring revenue. So that I learned that. And then when I started my position at JasperSoft, which was launching a customer education team from scratch, I was really aware of that. Okay. It's not just about all this awesome training I do. And a mentor that I had when I started at Sugar CRM was like, you know, she was often telling me, because I'm so passionate mm -hmm. about customer education. She was often telling me, 
Donna, people don't care about customer education as much as we do. And, you know, I know how it's, how important it is. You know how important it is, but a lot of the people in the company just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So it's my job to relate it to, you know, the impact it has, not just the courses. Oh, great. We got a 4.5 out of a five evals course, you know, so what? Right. Um, the board doesn't care about that. So how does it impact renewals, retention, net promoter score, customer satisfaction, product usage, adoption? You know, those are the things we need to talk about. So that's what I've learned. And then all of that aligns more with customer success. So I started learning more about, hey, you know, as we move to a subscription economy, it's not just about the course. It's about, you know, are these companies renewing? That is music to our ears here at the Training Led Growth Podcast. Because we've always, as as customer education people, we've always known a well-trained customer is a happier customer. And then if you have a happier customer, then that customer is more likely to renew or more likely to buy more. So we've always known that. And so, but when the light bulb kind of went off for you through the sugar CRM experience that you had, when you went back in, so how did you start to... Prove it. First of all, I had a field in our a custom field in Salesforce in our Salesforce implementation that, that had a checkbox around trained. Was this customer trained? And then what courses they took. So it was living in Salesforce. And as a result of that, we took the net promoter score information and did a bunch of, you know, looking at all the data through different, you know, account sizes, segments, etc. And what yep. we found was that there was a correlation that well-trained customers, I'll come back to that, uh, well-trained customers had a 20% higher renewal rate and 15% higher net promoter score. Wow. Um, so well-trained for JasperSoft was that when there are three, when an account had three or more training events. So a lot of companies think, well, you know, they watch the YouTube video. Doesn't that, didn't that count? Well, no, just, you know, it depends on the complexity of your product, on the technical skills of your users. So, you know, making sure it's, it's the right amount for them. For example, we looked at the correlations with consulting um, professional services and there was no, there, that correlation did not show. Mm. So it's really hard to demonstrate causation, but you can show a correlation. Mm. I'll talk in a moment about ways you can do that. But when I work with companies, they found that customers were 50% more uh, likely to renew. Another one was 150% more likely to renew. So huge impact. So they're seeing these correlations and then they're like, well, wait a second, you know, how good is our, our education and enablement? We need help to take it to the next level. We need help to drive attachments. So when you, within a customer onboarding and customer education program, have you seen results differ based on the mode of delivery? Instructor-led versus virtual instructor-led versus on-demand or self-paced? Have you looked at that at all? Um, it's really about knowing your audience and what works for them. If they're not very technical, they might really need a lot more hands-on type of um, training. So it's, it's, it's more about, is it instructionally sound content? One of the challenges these days, it's, this is the everyone's an author era and everyone's kind of producing content. And so it, just because there's something out there doesn't mean that it's going to help with you know somebody to do their job better, faster. doesn't mean that there's going to be any retention. So it doesn't mean it's going to have an impact just because there's a YouTube video someone threw up on there or 
created uh, some kind of document. With just COVID and the fact that like we have to deliver remote, do you think people have are adjusted or do you think they're still adjusting? And, and specifically for customer onboarding. Probably coming up to 10 years ago now, I took out all instructor-led classes, all the public ones, and turned them all to live online, which is remote. And we didn't skip a beat. I'll share with you one of my frustrations with the world of customer success. So every new customer, they're like, okay, great, Joe, let me show you how to log in. I'm going to give you a little overview of our product. And they think that's training. And they're, they're super friendly. They're helpful. They're people people. So they have this great connection, but that is not training. Mm. And doing a walkthrough of the product for one person at a time or a handful of people is not scalable. One company I talked to, the the CSMs show the new customers how to build out their first campaign. It's a marketing tool and they show them how to build out their first campaign and they pretty much do it for them. And then the customer doesn't know ever how to do it again. So now they're forever leaning on the CSMs. How are they, how are you going to scale now? Whereas uh, customer education is built to be repeatable, one-to-many, scalable approach. And so personally, I think CSMs should not be delivering training. That was a very good customer success rant about training right there. (laughs) Dead serious, because I learned that lesson the hard way in our own company. We're really a learning platform that we, you know, tons of high-tech companies use us to onboard their customers. We were using our customer success team, as you just said, and it wasn't scalable and it wasn't the right way to do it. Yeah, one of my frustrations, you know, ever since I've been in customer education is that uh, people think it's like the simple thing. Uh, You just stand up with some slides and talk. They don't, they don't really, they don't understand that it's a, it's an art, it's a science you know, having learning objectives and and knowing the jobs to be done. That's it's the the, the democratization of mm-hmm. content creation. That's a very popular term that we hear a lot. Exactly. So you call it democratization of content. I call it the content jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so for example, at um, one company I worked with, they had so many people creating content. It was on ten different platforms including, I think, one or two learning management systems. And then what happened was I talked to their customers and customers would tell me, well, you know, I'd look stuff up, but it was usually out of date. So then I just call support and they're like, oh, well, the support team's awesome. That's how I pretty much learn everything. Well, now that's expensive. That's a pretty expensive way to learn. What I've been doing, talking with different companies, hey, great, everyone's an author, but now we need to coordinate it. So I've talked about building out like a training council or a learning council or a content council. So you gather all those folks who are creating content. You don't have to shut them down, but you gather them and you uh, might say, hey, what kind of content are you creating? Is there a way that we can coordinate rather than duplicate efforts? So you might create a learning path or a course that can consist of all different content built by all these different teams but it's still organized into a um, good experience. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a huge piece of knowledge right there that you just dropped is, is how to create those little councils and those teams and that coordination. Also, a few other things I've done is, is I created a subscription training product. Great. So, for example, at Jaspersoft, we were all about recurring revenue. We called it ACV for annual contract value. And that's what the board looked at was ACV numbers. That's what the sales reps were. 
compensated on. So I created a subscription training product, the online learning portal. And suddenly, you know, from trying to, you know, begging sales reps to sell training, suddenly they're attaching it to all their deals, accounted as ACV for them. Their board loved it. And suddenly I'm getting more visibility because I'm contributing to the ACV bucket. So that's where, you know, this one company I've been working with. Yeah. You know, so they had like, oh, for admin training, every admin class, you have to, you have to purchase $600. Yeah. 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 You know, you know the easiest way to get the executives to attention is what revenue. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so oh, you're going to bring us net new revenue. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Suddenly, I'm extremely interested. Tell me more. Do you work all high tech companies? Is that mostly your customer base? That's mostly, but I've worked with companies that that have done that do hardware. Some are, you know, some are more high tech than others. Some have. Their users are more business users are not very technical, but mostly business to business. I, I say high growth companies. We've seen other traditional companies, manufacturing companies, a plumbing manufacturing company, a company that manufactures spa equipment, a company that, that manufactures construction adhesives. And they actually, I believe, are starting to adopt the same programs and, and principles of customer onboarding. Well, uh, that's being driven by the subscription economy. Sure, yeah. So what everyone's seeing, you know, is that if you can get customers to keep renewing, then you get this revenue that keeps compounding. And the new customers is the icing on the cake and you get this install base. Now, it's not a matter of just closing a deal. It's a matter of keeping the customer. So there's that, that customer education. I think what we're hearing is, Across all industries, you know, if, if it's a specifically if it's a subscription based, any offering product or service that customer education's just as powerful, Absolutely. necessary, I'd say required, you better do it if you're not if you're and if you're not doing it and your competitor is, you know, you're probably going to lose that customer. Exactly. Well, it's the, the relationship is becoming more and more of a differentiator. So it's not just about your product. In many ways, product, especially software is becoming more of a commodity. So now it's about what relationship and what other value can you provide that differentiates you from your competitors. Well, Donna, listen, this has been an awesome conversation. I, I really appreciate your time and, and I'm sure people will take some really good knowledge and nuggets of your wisdom out of this, out of this conversation. Well, thank you. Thank you. Where can we reach you? How do we, if we have, if, if people want to engage with Donna Weber some more, where do we find you? Well, you can check out my website. I write regularly, so I have a lot of articles on the different areas we talked about. Springboardin.com, springboardin.com. So that's where you can find me. Link in with me, Donna Weber, and um, I'm always happy to chat. Donna, springboardin.com. Exactly. All right. Thanks so much, Donna. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on, and we'll, hopefully we'll talk soon. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you.